Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. We're going to get into the word this morning. I have a word which I believe with all my heart the Lord has prepared for this house. The title of my message this morning is Slaves of Obedience, Slaves of of righteousness. Hallelujah. How many are already scared of that title? Praise God. Slaves of obedience and slaves of righteousness. Glory to God. Uh, if we can, let's stand together for the reading of the word. We're going to open up to the book of Romans and we're going to chapter 6. We're going to read from verses 15 through 23. Praise the Lord. Beginning at verse number 15. And the word of the Lord says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weaknesses of your flesh or the weakness of your flesh for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness for when you were slaves of sin you were free in regard to righteousness what fruit you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed. For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. That was deep. Hallelujah. You may take your seats this morning. Praise God. Sometimes you feel the weight, the heaviness of God's word. We read some some words of the living God, and it's like a hammer, right? Jeremiah said, thy word is like a hammer that breaks the rock. I pray today that God's word is a hammer that breaks 
stubbornness and breaks pride and breaks foolish ignorance that breaks the yokes of bondage. I pray that the word of God today transforms lives and that we don't manifest by hearing words that are uncomfortable, such as slave or bond servant. Hallelujah. God has created you for more. Hallelujah. How many know this morning that you are made for more? I'm telling you, God has great plans in store, not only for this church, but for every individual in this room, for every single family, for every son and daughter, for every husband and wife. God has great plans for you. But in order to receive the fullness of God, there are a few things that are required of thee. The word of God says, to much is given, much is therefore also required. So first thing we need is some spiritual maturity. We've talked about that at length. Hallelujah. But what we want to do is start to grow up in the things of God. And this morning, we're going to also talk about the second step, which is obedience our maturity comes by way of obedience glory to God now let me make a small confession unto everybody in this room right here and right now as I was preparing this message I literally was humbled by the presence of God I would love to be able to stand here before every single one of you and tell you that I am totally obedient to Jesus Christ I wish I had the ability to tell you that, but I'm telling you the truth, that would be a lie. I got to keep it real with you. I, I, I'm saying, God, how can I share living a life of obedience? How can I be so transparent with the people and talk to them about total obedience and talk about total surrender if I am not totally obedient and totally surrendered to the living God? One thing I understand is that I don't understand. Hallelujah. I'll get there. You see, obedience is such a strong and powerful act of love. It's such a strong word. And so many of us desire to be completely obedient to God. But we're flooded. Our mind is flooded. Our thoughts are flooded with so many different things. And, you know, the day goes by and time goes by. We don't even spend time sometimes in the Word of God. We don't spend time in prayer. We say, Lord, I'll get to it. Lord, I'll get to it. Lord, I'll get to it. And then we get on our pillow and we give him a little 15-second prayer. Oh, God, forgive me, but tomorrow I'll work harder. God wants us all, starting with me, God wants us all to rise up a little higher. Hallelujah. Come a little higher. It, it comes by way of humbling ourselves and, and recognizing right at the beginning, Lord, I haven't arrived. The closer I get to thee, the farther away I feel. The closer I, I believe that I get to your presence, the more jacked up I recognize my own fault, my own sin before you, my own imperfections. Oh God, have mercy on my soul. We are all confronted with the truth of our walk with God. And we should be humbled this is a message that's going to produce evidence 
that demands a verdict or demands a response from your heart. We have to reckon ourselves to the truth of God's word as a mirror reflects our face. And when you see the truth, what are you prepared to do with the truth? So let me start out this message by saying, obedience. Obedience is quite simple for those that love the Lord. Let's start there. Amen? Obedience is never a challenge to obey God when we have a deep-rooted, loving relationship with the Lord. However, and this is also true, if we do not love God, if we do not have a love relationship with Him, then obedience is a dreadful, awful chore. It's an unpleasant requirement. Obedience will come with a great cost, with a great sacrifice that many are often unwilling to yield to. But when there is love of God, there is no love of the world or anything in it. When we love God more than anybody, more than anything, my wife is there. She says, I love my husband, but I'll leave him in a minute if it came before God and him. You know, sometimes we got to be resolute to the fact that we might even offend other people. It's God and everybody else is after that. Hallelujah. God is first on the list. Praise God. We have to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Our desires have to be lined up with his desires. Our aim should be to serve and please the Lord and then to serve and please each other, the brethren. We're supposed to edify one another and walk in love with each other. Our walk is supposed to be supernatural, a love walk. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, obedience has so much to do with love, but it also has to do with agreement. How many understand that when you agree, it's very easy to submit to something or someone that you agree with? How many agree with certain uh, 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 sport teams? And you may end up liking a sport team because you agree with their way that they play the game. Or you agree with certain things about their athleticism. So, so you support that, that athlete or that team. When you're in agreement, everything is easy. You'll spend money. You'll go out. You'll visit. You'll do whatever is necessary because you are in agreement. When people agree, nothing is impossible. Agreement is the place of power. We all agree that, that there are white stripes on the road. And we all agree that we stay in our lane because those white stripes, listen, those white stripes, there are no steel barriers. There are no metal barriers. It's just a strip of paint. That's right. But because we all agree that that <laughs> separates us from each other's lane, we decide to obey the law because we all agree that the white stripes on the road will protect our life. And it'll protect the life of those on the road. It's simple. When we agree, we all follow the rules. And the agreement holds us all in order. It keeps us all safe. It keeps us all protected. Laws are in the land to protect you. Parents give children rules and regulations because they love them. As soon as you embrace that and accept it and agree with it, it's no problem to submit. Son, you have to go to bed early. You got a big test tomorrow. No problem, Dad. 
I agree. Right in bed. But when you say Starsky and Hutch is on, I need, why am I keep going to the 70s? Praise God. When you say some program, I don't even know the programs. When, when something's on, but dad, I want to see this program. Then there's conflict. You see, whenever there's disagreement, there is powerlessness. When we disagree, that's when we start treading on the dangerous waters. Amen? Maturity. The level of maturity is when you start to disagree and, and then you start to figure out, am I still going to submit when I don't agree? That's where you know your level of spiritual growth, your spiritual maturity. When the pastor says, hey, listen, can you stay late today? Can you give me a hand? We got to vacuum this rug, all this salt out here. Can you help me with that? <laughs> Who does pastor think he is? I don't clean. I don't even vacuum my own house. <laughs> you tripping. You know, that, that's a level of immaturity right there. Praise God, right? When you disagree, when you don't want to do something, you say, you know what? I'm busy. I got things to do. But you know what? No problem. You can count on me. Let's get it done. The more hands, the quicker we're done. We're the quicker we're out of here. Praise God. Right? Amen. We read earlier about being a slave of obedience and to be a slave of righteousness. How many are already threatened with that word, slave? I could, I could feel it. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> the reality is we have to talk about it. The word of God calls us slaves of obedience or slaves of righteousness, bond servants of Jesus Christ. Paul mentioned of himself that he's a prisoner in chains. Slavery. Are you kidding me, Pastor? We're going to talk about slavery? Yep. <laughs> Let me give you a couple of scriptures to encourage you this morning. Hallelujah. And to start getting the appetite ready. Ephesians 4.1, it says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Again, Paul says in Romans 1.1, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. And listen, it goes even deeper. Jesus himself was a servant. Philippians 2.7, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. And then Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, he says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The fact is, saints of God, in one way or another, we're all slaves and many of us don't even know it. Know it or not, willingly or unwillingly, we're all slaves. We're either a slave of sin, which leads to death, or we're a slave of righteousness, which leads to life, eternal life. Romans 6.16, it says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? Many are under the bondage of sin, willful and disobedient sin. And they can't grow in their faith because of their unwillingness 
to change. Their unwillingness to surrender, to submit. And this refusal to change keeps them in spiritual bondage. Spiritual slavery. Many are in a false state of conversion. They're so settled to themselves and their own way, their own false Christianity, that they continue to live a lifestyle of willful sin with no desire to surrender themselves to God. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 8, 34. Or John, excuse me. I was testing you. You passed the test. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Jesus said, Most assuredly I said to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. It can't get no more simple than that. 2 Peter 2, 19 While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. Remember that Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The Lord wants to free you from the prison of sin this morning. God wants to free you from the bondage of sin and bring you into the light of eternity, into the light of freedom. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 2.26, it says, And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. How many people are slaves of sin and don't even realize that they're in bondage. You know by the empty seats in this very room. Now, reality, there's people that can't come working, whatever. I get all that. Praise God. But this house, listen, in the day and age that we're living, Jesus is coming soon. This place should be standing room only. People should be coming. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need to be set free. I'm headed to hell. Oh, God, have mercy on my soul. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. But you know what the problem is? So many of us are so lukewarm in our walk with God that people don't even know what a Christian looks like anymore. And they say, I'm better off staying home. I ain't going to go to that place. They're all hypocrites in there. We need to be credible witnesses for the kingdom of God. We need to watch the words that come out of our mouth when we're out in the street. How can we minister to someone out there and we we have a, a forked tongue? Many don't want to be made well. They feel completely safe, secure, and trapped and don't even know it. I don't need God. God knows my heart. I'm a good person. I support a kid in Ethiopia. I pay $20 a month. I help old ladies cross the street. I bag groceries on the side. I mow people's lawns just for the free because I'm just a good person. We can deceive ourselves. We can deceive ourselves and lie to ourselves. You know, it's one thing to hear the lies of the devil, but it's even worse to lie to yourself. 
How awful must that be to take your own lie and eat it and believe it and, and then live it? Jesus, you hear him in scripture, oftentimes when he went to do his miracles, he said, do you want to be made well? Do you wish to be made well? Do you know why he asked that question? Because it's a firm decision that we have to understand. I'm ready to get up off this floor. I'm ready to pick up my mat. And I'm ready to walk out of this place for the first time in my life in the health of my body and in the spirit of God. We have to make a decision to get up off the ground, to get up out of the jail cell, the prison cell of the sinful lifestyle that we live and start making a decision to follow Christ. Will you be perfect? No. Will you be forgiven? Yes. Will you be delivered? Yes. Will there be mercy and grace for you? Yes. Will you be blood brought, washed by the blood of the Lamb? Yes. Will your name be written in the Lamb's book of life? Yes. Will there be refreshment and joy and peace and transformation? Yes. Will you make your enemies live at peace with you? Yes. Hallelujah. Will your dog wag their tail even better than before? Yes. Hallelujah. Everything comes with the package. Hallelujah. But you must decide to serve the Lord. For whoever you present yourself to serve, whoever you surrender your life to, that will be your God and that will be who you serve. You will be a slave to that. Hallelujah. Think of the prodigal son. The prodigal son. He came to his senses. Many of us need to come to our senses. He started out in rebellion like most of us do. Dad, I want my inheritance now. I don't want to wait for you to die. I want my money now. Do you know what he was saying to his father? You're dead to me. Translation, you are dead to me. I don't love you. I don't care for you. I can't even stand the room that I'm in standing here looking at your face. Give me my money. I'm out of here. You're dead to me. That's what he said. And his father lovingly gave him his inheritance. I would have been like, dude, you're disqualified. You get nothing now. You're off of the will, buddy. Grow up. Suck it up, buttercup, right? I've been hearing that all week long. You're out of the will. Whoop, you're written off. Hallelujah. Until you learn to respect, until you learn to get some, some uh, obedience under your belt, you ain't getting nothing. Thank God. Hallelujah. That I wasn't that good father. Hallelujah. But the good father gave him his inheritance. And what did he do? He went and spent it on riotous living. What is the life of sin? Riotous living. And he went out and started squandering his wealth. The Bible says he, he hung out with prostitutes. And then he finds himself with no money. How many know when your money runs out, so do your friends? When you ain't got no money, you got no honey. No money, no honey. Got to have a J-O-B, right, if you want to be with me, right? It's funny, but it's true. 
People don't start picking up the phone. When you're treating everybody here, 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 they're your friend. Everybody's your buddy. But when everything runs out, who's calling you? You ever been there? I've been there. I know what it's like. Hallelujah. Well, you're like, man, Saturday night, it would be nice even to go to the movies. I wish that phone would ring. Cricket. Cricket. Ribbit. Ribbit. Just open up the window, listen to the crickets outside. You get more enjoyment. But he now finds himself, a Jew, taking care of pigs, an unclean animal. And now the pigs have food to eat, and he doesn't have anything to eat. And he begins to look at the husk of the swine, of the pigs, and he says, listen, if it's between you and me, I'm taking your food. And he begins to eat the husk of the swine. Do you see the level of sin? When you're so down and trapped in the level of sin, you begin to walk in the stench, in the mud, in the, in the dirt, the filth, the grime, and you begin to consume the things of the world that are not even healthy for you. And all of a sudden, he's eating this husk. And he says, you know what? Even my father's servants at home live better than me. But I'm a dirtbag. I'm a lahoo-za-her. <laughs> I've gone so far down the bucket, I can't even begin to think that my father will forgive me. But... Maybe if I return to him and ask him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. You see, because we've got to confess. We've got to acknowledge. We did wrong. That's the first step. That's maturity. We've got to be accountable. You've got to own it. Turn your neighbor and say, own it. Hallelujah. Man up. Own it. Right? We got to be accountable. I alone did this sin against God and against you. Me alone. I did this. Me. I own it. That's step number one. And then he says, would you consider taking me back as one of your servants? And I love this image. Because as he was a long way off, the father had his hands extended. He said, my son, my son is coming home. He was dead and he's alive. Kill the fatted calf. Get the finest robe to cover the dirt and the grime of the world. Let's cover him with righteousness. Let's cover him with love. Put a gold ring on his finger. Let's have a party for my son is alive. Hallelujah. This is the God that we serve. Our God wants to give you life. Our God wants to take you into pleasures evermore. But we got to come to our senses. We got to come and understand that we've done wrong. And that's part of repenting. Mm -hmm. You know what the problem is? Many people see God as their servant. God, daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Genie in the bottle. Dad, Father God in heaven, my kid needs that college payment paid up. Hook me up, Lord. Open the floodgates, Lord. We want things from God. 
But we only put him on a shelf, and we take him down when we need something. We make him our servant. Oh, God is so loving and so rich in mercy that he's just waiting for your next command. He's waiting for you to tell him what to do next because he doesn't know how to love you. He doesn't know how to take care of you. So you're going to tell him how to, how to lead things and how to run things in your life. And that's the only way you'll serve God. You want to be the commander in chief. You want to be the one driving the car. And it don't work that way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Servanthood. I know that was hard. That even hit me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Servanthood is a normal part of your walk with Christ. Remember that Jesus at the Last Supper took his clothes off, put a towel around his race, and he got a basin and a, and a jar, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. You remember that? And he says, unless I wash you, you have no life. You have no part of me. And Paul was like, then wash my hands, my head, my heart, my everything. Wash, you know, douse me, Lord. He says, no, no, you're already clean. All you need to do is clean your feet. Because where you go, here and there, wherever you go, that's where you got to be cleaned up from. I got to clean the world off of your feet. Servanthood is a choice. It's an attitude. It's a choice that we should all embrace. Look at Joshua. He says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, the ones that they served, or on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Saints of God, we got to choose life. If we don't choose life, then we've already made a choice of death. We got to choose to obey God. And if you haven't made that choice, guess what? You already made the choice by default. And you have chosen to disobey God. We got to choose Christ Jesus. And if you haven't chosen him, guess what? You've already chose to serve the devil. Disobedience led the prodigal son away from his blessing disobedience and rebellion cause him to be blind to the father's love and when we're in a world of sin we are blind to the love of god how many know that god hates disobedience disobedience changed the very course of life and history romans 5 19 it says as for one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Did you know that Jesus, who's known also as the second Adam, Jesus had to come and redo what the first Adam dropped. And because the first Adam, all in Adam, died. That's why there's death in this world. It is appointed to us all to die. And then the judgment but those in Christ shall never die. Never die. Hallelujah. Those in Christ will live forever and ever and ever. Praise God. Let me tell you the truth. Even those outside of God will never die either. Let's keep it real. What they're going to do is they're going to come alive to only go back to the second death which is eternity away from God. We're all meant to live forever. The choice 
determines where we spend that time, the eternity. That's the truth. But Jesus made a way for us to be reconciled because disobedience created disorder, created lawlessness, created iniquity and disease. It put everything out of whack. How many know that when Adam and Eve disobeyed, the world fell in an unnatural state? Disobedience causes unnatural state. Did you know that you are absolutely normal? When you come to Christ, you are normal because you have been returned back to your rightful place before the presence of God. That's normal. Obedience. We cannot call Jesus Lord if we're not under his lordship. In order for God to be your Lord and Savior, you need to come under his lordship. And so many are not under the lordship. Here's some of the scariest words you will ever hear in the Bible. Found in Matthew 7, 21, and I'm going to go to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter my kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, casted out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Those words should shake us in our boots. We hear the word bondservant. We hear the word slave of righteousness and slave of obedience. And right away we start manifesting. You're tripping. Don't call me no slave. We're free. Hallelujah. We're talking spiritual, people. We're in a spiritual place. I could hear it. People are saying, nobody's going to make me do anything. I'll go to church if I feel like going to church. No one's going to tell me anything. I'm going to run my own show. Guess what? You're already a puppet. And the devil is pulling you like a puppet on a string. A marionette. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't doing nothing. He's pulling you like a string. And you don't even know you're being pulled. The devil is running the show. You're being driven by the hand of evil and don't even know it. And the greatest deception, the greatest delusion of the enemy is to allow you to think that you have control and power over your own life. Greatest deception. As long as you think that you're in control, no problem. He'll let you think it. Look at the, uh, the first and only commandment in the Satanic Bible. Many of you know this, but for those that don't know, there's only one commandment in the Satanic Bible. And that commandment says, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. In other words, do what you want to do. It don't matter who's hurt. It don't matter if it, if it bothers somebody. If it feels good, do it. You want to do it? Do it. Whatever it takes, do it. That's the whole law. Don't worry about consequence. Don't worry about reactions. Just do whatever you think is best. It's pure evil. The devil wants us to serve a false trinity. The false trinity of me, myself, and I. Think of a drunk driver. 
A drunk driver is told not to drive the car. We have laws in our land that prevents people from driving drunk. If this person is drunk on alcohol, they're not allowed to drive because they could hurt themselves or kill other people on the road. A person who is drunk should never drive and should hand the keys over to someone who is sober and let them take control over the vehicle so that everybody gets home safe and sound. Many of us are driving our cars when we shouldn't be driving our cars. We cross over the little white lines. We swerve in and out of traffic. Our driving is out of control. And a lot of times we'll end up in a ditch. And sometimes we hurt others around us and we're out of control in the sins of our life. And God is saying to us today that he is available to take the keys of your life, of your home, of your ministry, to get you home safe and sound. He can take you where he is, hallelujah, safely and securely. But the question is, are you ready and willing to relinquish and give up the keys? True obedience it comes by way of submission, by way of surrender. Hallelujah. John 6:38 For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. If Jesus came as a humble obedient servant, if Jesus said I came to do the will of my father, and then we don't want to do the will of God, then we're actually trying to make ourselves bigger than Jesus. Think of that. If we're not able to submit then we're saying, I'm bigger than God. I'm greater than God. Whose will are we going to follow? Galatians 1.10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Speaking on the subject of will, I got to hit this. Praise God. There is no such thing as permissible will. Period. I got to break that myth. How many have ever heard the perfect will of God and the permissible will of God? Hallelujah. Am I the only one that heard it? Praise God. Hallelujah. How many have ever heard of the permissible will of God? The permissible will of God is a creative way for us to disobey God. God's will is 100% perfect. All the time, 24-7, 365. Whenever we step outside of God's will, we're in disobedience. It's that simple. But what happens is we, we, we hear God's voice. I want you to pray for this person over there. They're in, they're, in, they're in distress. And I want you to go lay hands on them and pray on them. And you start saying, but Lord, what if they don't want me to pray for them? What if, what if they get offended? What if, you know, we start having this little dialogue with the Lord in our head and say, I'll tell you what, I'll go home and pray, or I'll pray in the car on my way home, and I'll just do it that way. And we get in our car, and we start to think of ourselves, but I'm in the permissible will of God. No, you're in disobedience. That's exactly what it is. There is no such thing. There's a, there's a, a real good answer. People often say, well, what is the will of God for my life? I, I don't even know if I can discover the plan of God. What is the will of God? There's a great quote by Ed Cole. I've said it a hundred times. It says, if we do the next thing 
in obedience that God tells you to do, you will always be in the perfect will of God. It's so simple. The question is, how do we know? Can we hear the voice of God? How do we listen to the voice of God? We show our love for God by listening to his voice, by understanding his commands. Hallelujah. And even on the flip side, when we show the little love that we have for the Lord, we don't obey. We don't follow through. Exodus 2019. I want you to hear this. Praise God. Then they said to Moses, this is the children of Israel, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. Think of that. Moses, you could talk to me. I'll listen to you. But don't let God speak to me. Because when he speaks, thunder and lightning happens and the, the mountain's shaking. I'm just terrified. I don't want God to speak to me. You speak to me. I'll listen to you. You know what that means, the breakdown? Is when God speaks, we must either do what he says or disobey. There are no options. But when God's servant speaks, when Moses speaks, when pastor speaks, when a leader speaks, then our complete obedience becomes optional. Did you get that? We don't want God to speak to us. Oh, God, no, don't speak. You go ahead, pastor. You give me the word. And then pastor give you the word and you say, all right. All right, cool. Thanks, man. And now you could choose to disobey or have it optional. If we wish, we'll follow. This is why so many people don't want to commit to a church. They don't want to be members of a church. They want the freedom to choose to not come. They don't want to be accountable. They don't want to be connected. They don't want any responsibilities. They don't want nothing. They don't want to cook no cookies for the, for the dinner night. They don't want to come to no barbecue. Oh, oh, no, wait a minute. I take that back. They want to come. They'll come late. They won't come to the service. They'll come when the service is over. And then they'll take three and four trays and fill them up and say, peace out, everybody, and go home. Selfish. It happens. I see it all the time. We've stopped doing banquets for a while because of the selfishness and the greediness of people. That's another subject for another day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Turn your neighbor and say, thank God he ain't going there right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has planted you and me to be part of this house. He planted us to be members of this body. Did you know that God expects Middletown to be reached by you and by me? Hallelujah. God expects us to be his hand in this city. Are you able to handle that? Can you handle that? Can you accept that? You are God's plan A, and there are no other plans. There's no plan B. But the problem that so many have is there's a lack of surrender. They don't want to be a servant. They don't want to be accounted. They want to be their own Lord. I've often said, if I understood the Lord, I wouldn't want to serve him. I need him every day, every hour, every minute. I'm lost without him. Do you know why? Because I'm a danger to my own self. 
I don't need no help to mess up my own situation. I could jack my own self up. I could lie and steal and cheat and do stupid things all by myself. God, save me from me. Save me from myself. I'm rotten. I'm dirty to the core. I need you, Jesus, every minute, every hour, every day. I'd rather come under the lordship of Christ and the servitude of Christ than to try to run things on my own. Saints of God, and I'm coming shortly to a close. Obedience is literally irrevocable surrender. It's putting up the white flag and saying, I'm done with my own way. I'm done trying to do it my own way. I want to run to the Father right now. I'm done. I'm done trying to manage my own situation. Every time I do it, I, I land on my face. Listen, let me give you a little illustration. This is a good one. There's a captain sailing at night on a large vessel. The captain of the ship looked into the dark night and saw faint lights in the distance. And immediately he told his signalman to send a message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Promptly, a return message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angered that his command had been ignored. So he sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Soon, another message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am seaman, third class, Jones. Immediately, the captain sent a third message, knowing that the fear would be invoked. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Then the reply came. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. Sometimes we could be so stubborn and ignorant and we rely on titles. We rely on position. We rely on our reputation and we don't want to listen to nobody. And if you got a little position of a leadership position, you don't want to be told nothing. And the last thing you want to do is surrender to anybody. But Jesus himself said, he that wants to be greatest among you shall be your servant. If you want to be great, then get low. You want to be high, stay low. You want to be a, a servant of God and have honor and favor from God, then humble yourself before the Lord. So many refuse to surrender. And instead, they'll say, I commit my life to Jesus. I'll commit. I'll commit to Christ. But what does it mean to commit your life to Christ anyway? Let me give you another illustration. Pastor, the late pastor, Adrian Rogers. He tells a story about a conversation he had with a man from Romania named Joseph Tyson. They were talking about the difference between commitment and surrender. And Tyson said, when you make a commitment... You are still in control. No matter how noble the thing you commit to, one can commit to pray, to study the Bible, to give his money, to make automobile payments, or to lose weight. 
Whatever he or she chooses to do, they commit to it. Surrender is different. If someone holds a gun and asks you to lift up your hands in the air as a token of surrender, you don't tell that individual what you are committed to. You simply raise your hands and surrender as you are told. Saints of God, commitment comes with conditions. You'll surrender only if you agree. You'll commit, but you got your little conditions. I'll do this if you do that. I'll come if there's something benefiting me. I'll come to prayer if it's only going to be 20 minutes. I'll sit in a service if I like the music. We have conditions. Conditions. People do all kinds of things, but they don't wish to surrender at all to Christ Jesus. Are we to be bondservants of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? We don't need any more commitments in church. What we need today is complete surrender. We need people that are committed and surrendered to Christ Jesus. Even if they're not in agreement with something, even if the heat is broke, the air conditioner is broken, things are not perfect, they still come. Remember this morning's passage in Romans. We were talking about being slaves of righteousness and slaves of obedience. For whoever you present your body as a member to, that you become a slave to. If you remember that topic and that, that portion of scripture, three times the word righteousness was used. Two times the word sanctification or holiness was used. Two times the word freedom from sin. Two times eternal life was used in that small portion of scripture. Do you think God is speaking to you today? Do you think God is trying to tell you something? He wants to liberate you from the slavery of this world and bring you into the freedom in Christ Jesus. If we are to be a slave, then we are to, to be a slave, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you some scriptures again. Hebrews 3.18, And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. God's word said he is holy. Be holy because he is holy. Hebrews 12.14, pursue peace with all people and holiness, for with which no one will see the Lord. Lastly, Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let me read a, a quote to you. It says, instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Whoever strives to withdraw from obedience withdraws from God's grace. I want to give everybody an assignment today. Write this down in your notes. Deuteronomy chapter 28. We read it earlier this morning in our opening but I would like you to read the whole entire chapter because from verses 1 through 14, it's the good part. It talks about the blessings for living a life of obedience, the blessings for being a child of God. And it's a wonderful thing to receive those blessings. But they also come with conditions. If you walk in my ways, if you obey my commandments. But then after verse 14, it talks about the cursings 
for disobedience. And did you know that the verses are double for the curses? God wants your obedience and love for him and nothing else. To love God is to obey God. Again, write these verses down. I'm going to read them quickly, and we're going to come to a close. This is my second close. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you love me, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and that his commandments are not burdensome. Psalm 119.9, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. John 14.21 and 24, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him, listen, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Finally, Acts 5, 32. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. God gets his greatest glory from those that are obedient to him. Oswald Chambers has a quote in his book. It's a phenomenal devotional book. He says, my determined purpose is my utmost for his highest, my best for his glory. Saints of God, let us all learn day by day to become slaves of obedience and slaves of righteousness. God bless you, saints of God. Let's, let's bow our heads and pray this morning. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.